Stay tuned for TKO. This morning, my guest is John Haschek, 3rd District Supervisor. And this morning, support for KZYX and TKO is brought to you by our members and North Coast Brewing Company in Fort Bragg. There are new culinary choices for diners and pairings with award-winning beers. Open 11.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. Thursdays through Monday. For more details, you can go to northcoastbrewing.com or you can call 707-964-3400. I'm Karen Audubonny, and this morning, my guest on the air with me is, I said before, John Haschek. John, welcome to the air. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Karen. It's been a while, but thanks for coming on this morning. Um, first. Sure. First, shout out, congratulations. It looks like you're winning handily for the third district uh, race for the June election that just happened. Um, I guess there's about half of the vote that's been tallied. We have uh, Katrina, our uh, registrar of voters, has till sometime the first week in July, I think, to get that numbers finalized. Um, it's a slow going, but they're doing it meticulously as we always do in Mendocino County. So anyway, big shout out. Congratulations. Um, so this is your second term? Right. Yep, so this right. is, yeah, first time I've been running for re-election. So. Yeah. So, so just good. did it feel good? I was going to ask you, um, I know it was, um, you're winning handily, so I don't know how much um, campaigning you had to do. Actually, I've in the past, I know some of these supervisor elections have cost tens of thousands of dollars to run and actually win. Um, how was your experience with it in COVID and getting out into the public and trying to meet people and get your message across? How was it? Well, it was, um, you know, I really enjoy getting out and doing the campaign events and everything. Um, I think we we hit a lot of areas. It's, it was difficult because we were having a little spike of covid during that time and so there was certainly concern and like the election night where we usually would have a party that um, we had to cancel that um, we did some of the events outdoors and um, so so it worked out but um, well did you know you it was it's it's an experience <laughs> everyone should go through once in life you know running for a public office yeah, I actually helped manage a campaign years ago for Els Cooper Writer, and that's 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 a good word for it. It is an experience. <laughs> I don't know if everybody's cut out for it, but it's definitely an experience. So now your district has your, your district had changed a bit because of the redistricting uh, that happened last year. So your district was a little bit different. Did were you able to meet new people? Did it, it did that have any impact on your campaigning at all, or the knowledge that you got? I mean, did you? Did that well, have any you know, impact? 
like you know with the redistricting that my district got smaller because we oh, that's were right. we had larger numbers than the other districts especially the fourth district so from spy rock up through bell springs and that all got put into the fourth district that's true that's and true. so that was unfortunate because um, i had a lot of good support up there but um you know, my experience was I was out in front of Safeway and, you know, different grocery stores, Mariposa and, and um, in Willits. And I did meet a lot of people, which I was surprised because you think that, okay, it's not that big of a district that I knew most of the people. Or, and it was just interesting getting out there and uh, meeting new people, hearing what their concerns were and, um and, you know, doing the, the political thing of, of talking to people and finding out what the issues are in the district. And what now that you bring that up, let's talk about that. What were the issues that your um, constituents were talking to you about? What were the ones that raised? Were you surprised or are they pretty consistent with what we all know? Well, it, it was um, surprising in that how consistent it was with the the platform that I've been working on for the last four years, which was, uh, you know, safe communities with fire safety and, you know, law enforcement. And then also uh, economic, there's real concern about the economics out there. And um, so what are we doing about that? You know, about the job trainings, about um, broadband, about, you know, cannabis, all of those issues. and housing, right? Housing is certainly a huge one with that goes uh, right along with economic development. So they all seem to be intertwined, aren't they, John? All of right. it. All of it right. is intertwined. All right, just throw in water too. Yeah, let's. We're gonna. Don't worry about. It. We're gonna talk about water, folks. We're gonna talk about a lot. We've got a lot to cover. Um, I'm Karen Audubonny. This is TKO. My guest this morning is John Hashcheck. He is the third district supervisor. Looks like he's going to be reelected. I think it's running 75 percent in your favor, uh, with half the vote counted. So, John. Um, You've been through four years now, five years of budgets, budget hearings. Uh, I did listen to all the budget hearings and all of that. Um, One of the things that was said a lot, I think it was Ted Williams that was saying it a lot during the whole budget thing, is that we're not, pardon me, we're not in a good place financially with the county. We do have money in reserves, but we're tapping into it consistently, and he was leaning towards a very austere budget, cutting back in a lot of places, shifting money around. Anytime you wanted to do anything more, he'd say, what are you going to cut to do that? Um, give me your impression. Are we really are we really working hand to mouth here? Are we in an austere position? Are we, you know, desperate? Where are we at financially in the county from your perspective? Well, I think the budget is tight. You know, we... We don't have much wiggle room, but at the same time, I think that there's a lot of possibilities of revenue enhancement, you know. We need to get the property taxes, you know, certainly collected from everyone. I think the short-term rentals, you know, there's a lot of taxes not being collected there. And so I think, um, you know, it's like, like it's been said, is a glass half empty or half full? I think it's um, half full and, um, you know, that there's possibilities for improvements, too. 
you know, one of the issues was like the BID, the Business Improvement District, and the match that the county gives to to that. And it went up by over $100,000. And there was a proposal, Supervisor Jurdy and I were saying, hey, if we're going to cut different areas and we have these critical needs, then why do we automatically go with this over $100,000 increase to that match that we have? And so there's places that we could cut. And um, yeah, I, I, I think we need to look at some of these sacred cows. Yeah, and I don't know how, I guess that, I guess the TOT tax or the money that goes to visit Mendocino has now been around long enough that it is considered ingrained in the system. I remember when we didn't have that coming in and going to uh, visit Mendocino, the advertisement for the county. Um, I followed that discussion and I wasn't quite sure why that didn't go further. I know that Ted Williams was very adamant against against reducing any money, but giving them more money seemed a, a, a good topic for discussion. I was I personally, in my humble opinion, didn't understand why they are this organization is increasing their advertising budget and yet we need to save some money and I think a, several let me just say, a lot of the um, discretionary money that the supervisors have to spend go for fire and ambulances and uh, sheriff department, okay, so safety issues. And I personally feel that the tourist traffic coming through the county has upped the need for that. So right. I, I Right. So, I mean, I mean, locally in Anderson Valley, I know I can't say the percentage, but I know it's a very high percentage of the accidents and the things that they get sent out on are for tourists traveling through. So for me personally, I could see cutting back a little bit of that money because they are getting like one point seven million or something, cutting back a little of that money to shifting it to the resources that are impacted by the tourist traffic. Okay, that's my spiel. <laughs> yeah. You know, another issue that came out was like the museum in Willits, oh, which is yeah. which is another tourist draw and yeah. it's part of our cultural heritage and everything and it was proposed to cut. And fortunately, I've been working with the museum enough with a strategic plan that we're coming up with and and how to do greater outreach, different models of financing it better. And they actually um, cut like 25% of their budget to make it work. And so hopefully in the future, we'll be able to continue not have any threats to the museum because that's our heritage there and, and make it more financially viable. Yeah, I mean, the discussion about, and congratulations on, to the people or the organizers that run the Willits Museum, I mean, they did a tremendous work. They dug in deep and they cut their budget by 25%, folks, and then the county did fund the rest of their needs. So again, I say, and this is a tourist attraction, so again, I say, if this entity can dig deep and find the cuts... Why can't visit Mendocino dig deep and help the county too? So again, that's my personal opinion, and I know, <laughs> I know, John, you fought for that, and it didn't happen. So, um, so that's one of the issues. But the budget seems to be pretty austere. 
Um, it seems like a lot of the way we're saving money in a, in the county is what, like businesses do, and we've done here at our nonprofit, KZWAX, Mendocino County Public, Public uh, Broadcasting, is uh, staffing. One of your biggest expenses is staffing. So the county has a lot of vacant positions, as you've talked about, and a lot of unfunded positions that are not filled. Um, does that seem like we're going to be able to move ahead with staffing in order to do more of the work of the county that we need, or do we just need to cut back on everything? I'm just not sure where to go when you don't have money to do what you need to do. Where the heck do you go? Yeah, well, there's there's certainly jobs in the county that are revenue enhancers. Correct. And sometimes those aren't even filled, like in the assessor's office or the tax collector's <laughs> office, right? Yeah. And so, so you know, there there is a problem with staffing because you know the demographics of our county, of the country, you know, the great resignation and all that that's happening. It's it's very tough to get. Um, a lot of people to apply for these jobs. And we're seeing it, you know, from the education field where I come from, you know, it's it's very difficult to get teachers these days and the same thing with the county. So, so a lot of these positions are funded but not filled. And, you know, they're being, um, we're looking for applicants, but um, it's it's hard. It's just hard to fill some of those jobs. So what do we do? You know, are there some, we're looking at, are some of those jobs funded but won't be filled? And is that where we can save money? You know, right now we're doing the kind of the study on it and supposedly it's coming back next week. But at this point, we don't even um, know exactly how many jobs are out there that are funded but aren't filled. And won't be filled. Okay, so that should be back by next week. That'll be a, that will well that'll help inform you as to what to do. Another issue that came up around this whole thing of these positions that are maybe funded that you can't fill is that um, I know the SCIU uh, union rep was there at all of these meetings lobbying for. If you can't fill a position and you have the money available, maybe it's time to look at the at the staff that you have that haven't gotten adequate uh, increases. So that's a discussion that's come up um, occasionally too, that maybe it's time to shift and support our own workers more. Uh, I don't know if that would increase productivity. I would imagine it might. Um, where do you feel about that? I know you're quite in support of the county staff and all of that. So that, what do you think about that? Yeah, I certainly think that that has to be an option, you know, because we're looking everywhere for where we can provide, you know, appropriate raises for the the staff. Because look, at we're in a time of this inflation, which is over what six, seven percent in California. You know, tough times are right here with us. And we, you know, we can't lose staff to other counties. We've done a great job in the last four years of getting people to almost parity, you know, having to to the market rate. And so we don't want to drop behind, especially in these times of high gas prices, housing, you know, inflation going up. So, yeah, I mean, if we can't 
if we can't be at a market rate and keep our staff, you know, comfortable living wage and all of that in the county, they will leave. We'll have attrition. And we've seen the great resignation, have you seen, as our as the staff has aged in place, I will say. there's We have a lot of employees that have been there 20, 30 years, and they're just aging out. So um, I would hope that we can retain the good um, employees that we do have. So that would be another issue that the supervisors I know are dealing with and trying to resolve. But it all comes down to money. Again, money, money, money. Um, so back, let's just wrap up about the budget. Are you... Are you comfortable with where we ended up at the budget? I know there's some issues that are still going to come back that you can modify. And and the budget is always uh, a viable living document that changes, I think, constantly. So were there any issues that came up in the budget that you're concerned about and think we should be watching as a community? Well, I think the health care is certainly an issue that that's been going up and we've had a greater than expected experience, you know, the experience that they call it in healthcare. So we've had a lot of expenses and it, you know, the amount we put in hasn't been keeping up with it. So that's been a big hit for the county. And, um, and you know, the reporting hasn't been there from the, from the auditor's office that, you know, as up to date as we would like it. Certainly, there's a lot of turnover and everything going on, but um, you know, I think that we'll be we'll come out of it all right. Okay, well, that's good to hear. I'm glad. That's good to hear. So, you just brought up a topic that has been of some concern. Um, that is, you talk about getting money into the county, and a lot of that comes down to property taxes, which has to do with the treasurer's office and then you talk about knowing where the finances are that has to do with the auditor's office so one of the things that happened this last year is that the board of supervisors voted to combine those two offices and it has been a interesting ride to find out what this office is morphing into um, I know there was some discussion yesterday about how the treasurer's office is losing the second person in line that was there. Uh, sounds like there's a big hole with staff there, and you have these two key positions that are trying to, these two key offices which are trying to figure out how to operate, I guess together, I don't think they're going to be operating together, but they're going to be under one lead person, which is, I'm not even sure what the title is going to be, Auditor Tech Treasurer? Did you guys even... Auditor um, Tre- Controller Treasurer Tax Collector, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you came up with a name for the new department <laughs> head. It's uh, So, and that's uh, Shamise um, Cumberson? Cumberson. Yeah. yeah. So she's doing it. It seems like... She's trying to do the best she can, but she just doesn't have the people and staff to do it. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, yeah. And, you know, I voted against, I was a lone vote against that whole combining of the offices to begin with. And so, but since the board voted to do it, we got to make it work. Yes. Okay. But since they voted on it, you know, we had the treasurer tax collector, Sherry Schapmeyer, who'd been there for 30, 40 years. Yeah. 
and she resigned. And then the acting treasurer tax collector is now resigning at the end of this week. And so, um, and we had Shamise Covison, who was the acting auditor controller, who took that position because Lloyd Weir retired, who was the auditor controller. And so we've got, um, Right now, we're trying to put it together. And I guess my questions yesterday to Ms. Covison were basically, have you thought about the combining, how you're going to do that? Are there going to be efficiencies? Are there going, you know, what's the org chart going to look like? And, you know, what I'm hearing, and I talked to Ms. Covison a few weeks ago, was that because of the combination, and we had to increase her salary because of the combined, you know, responsibility. And then, you know, we've got to do extra audits for those positions because the because of the combined position. Then they have to have an outside audit instead of being able to do it internally. And so. Instead of finding efficiencies and cost savings, I think is we're going to find that um, the exact opposite is happening. We've added an extra layer of bureaucracy, and it's going to cost more. Yeah, I was so glad you voted against that. Um, <laughs> that it was. Um, I what can I say? Let me just say, in my humble opinion, I think it was a very quick decision i don't know how well it had been thought through um i would have hoped there would have been an organizational plan before these through two departments were thrown together i think that's what i sensed from you and the discussions at the board meeting was hey this may be a good idea but you just can't you know throw crap against the wall and see if it sticks um I guess my main concern is that we aren't getting the audits that we need the the board and the is not getting them information they need from the audit side, but the other side of it that's even more critical is the treasure tax collector side. Um, and that's where the shortage seems to be really um, big right now. You had, uh, you know, you had everybody resign. You've got your two key people now gone. Um, are you concerned that things aren't going to be handled and done and we're not going to get the property tax we need and not coming in? And I mean, are are there some real issues about us getting some money in from that department? Well, I think that those have to be really, yeah, those are concerns because, because you know, um, here we have the t- two top people, as you say, leaving and so now we're down to, you know, the acting assistant treasurer taking over. And, um, you know, we were talking about earlier increasing our revenue to help fill the budget issues. And, and so when we can't um, collect the proper taxes, that's a serious issue for the county. And so, you know, Shamise Covison was just elected as the to fill in that combined position, okay? And so my feeling is, okay, let's help her move into that position. Let's get her going, give her, you know, the title, whatever she needs, because um, otherwise we're just in kind of this holding pattern for the next six months 
until the official start date happens in January. And I don't think that's going to do anyone any good. So, so um, we need to move on. We need to make it work. So, because if we can't collect the taxes, then we're yeah, in a real then, world of hurt. Then we're in a real world of hurt. Then, then my cup becomes half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> less than half full. True. Right. Uh, so basically what's happening, folks, is that to, to break it down is the, the, the combined positions and um, Shamis having been elected to that combined position wouldn't officially take effect till the end of the year, January, this coming year. Correct. So right. what the board talked about yesterday is getting an ordinance. I don't know exactly what the procedure is, but the county council is working on uh, so that the board can appoint her to this combined position now, next month, so she can actually step in and start being effective. Um, I got to tell you, not very often do I think the county should hire back as consultants, people have left. I know there was talk about bringing um, uh, Lloyd Weir back to help with the uh, auditor's office afterwards. That didn't happen. I don't even know. Well, it did. It did to a degree. It did to a degree. We, yeah. yeah, not but not much. He's not doing it now, right? He's not consulting. like eleven or twelve thousand dollars worth. Right. Right. So I don't even know if Sherry Shatmar would be wanting to do that, but I got to tell you, it sounds like the county at this point needs some help in in this uh, tax collector office, uh, the treasurer's office, right away now, somebody who knows what they're doing. Again, just my opinion. And certainly in helping make that transition to the consolidation, because um, we need to have someone look at efficiencies and see see how to make those places run, because here's... Here's Shamise, who doesn't have the experience in the treasurer tax collector office, right? Right, right. Someone who can kind of have a big vision. And not only that, all of this reorganization and her trying to figure out how to combine these offices taking away from her actually doing what she does as an auditor in her office so it's it's just piled it on top of her so okay well we'll be watching that situation and um i'll reporting back on it because um these are two critical positions especially the treasurer the tax collector part of it uh and we as a community i think need to stay on top of it and i will be referring to john and watching what's going on so thanks for the update on that john um it's going to be interesting to see what happens so uh, let me just do a reintroduction. I'm Karen Audubonny. This is TKO. My guest this morning is John Haschek, 3rd District Supervisor, and we're just catching up on what's going on in the county from John's perspective. Um, one of the things you've been working on, it's a little side issue, but <clears throat> it comes around occasionally, is the wildlife exclusionary services. We got rid of our uh, trappers um Gosh, that was over a year ago, I think. And you and I believe uh, Glenn uh, McGordy have been working on a committee that's been working on getting alternatives for our trappers and wildlife exclusionary. Any update on that? Right. Well, we're going to bring something to the board on August 2nd. And what we've been working on is an RFP to have a person deal with, you know, those... Uh, the small mammals and animals that get into people's houses that, uh, you know, the skunks under the houses, the rabid raccoons that are around or 
whatever, some of those kind of situations and how to deal with those. So this RFP would be for a person to be the frontline kind of person to talk people through the situation, go out and evaluate it. And then if more work needs to be done, then someone else would come in. You know, we'd have a contractor that the person would be contracting individually. It wouldn't be the county's responsibility, but the person would contract with a contractor who knew how to do uh, more advanced exclusionary work, such as putting up one-way doors or, or fencing or whatever it is. Um, so that's one aspect of it. It would also include some um, some workshops throughout the county, uh, teaching farmers, ranchers how to deal with um, you know wildlife issues. And it would also we we have a, a lending library, which we would have, which would have you know fox lights or you know scare tactics to keep um, animals away, and um, and some of those those things that people could borrow from the ag department and then um, and use them like a library. So, so if it's birthing season, you know, for your lambs, you could use some of these scare tactics and then return them after a month. And then there's also um, some, we're looking at a loan or grant program where we could help people transition to a more, a non-lethal exclusionary approach. And is this going to be under the Ag Department? Where, what is this? Who's going to be overseeing this? Well, the ultimate is the Ag Department, but we're looking at animal control, oh. animal care, to to be really doing the hands-on work with it. And and are you getting good feedback from, I know it was a very contentious situation with the ranchers and the people that are out in the hills with a lot of livestock. Are you getting um, more buy-in and more um, discussion with them? Well, we've had a great group of people. You know, we've had, well, Supervisor McGordy and myself, and then Devin Bohr from the Farm Bureau. We've had Michelle Lute from Project Coyote. We've had um, people from CDFW um, and some local farmers, ranchers, you know, so we've had a kind of a, a good mix of people coming up with this program. Okay, good. Well, we'll follow that one too. Okay, so the big issue that uh, was on the table yesterday has been talked about at one of the previous board meetings is the idea of... Um, Fire protection, like we had talked about earlier, there's a lot of fire departments, a lot of ambulance departments, and most of these, unless you're in one of the incorporated cities, which there are only four, are run by small, either uh, community service districts like in Anderson Valley, but the majority of them are volunteers, okay? And we know that fire suppression has become a big issue. We know that emergency services have become a big issue and the lack of funding thereof and all of the above with aging out volunteers. I mean, we could go on with the list of how important these are and what's going on. So one of the things that has come up is that the Measure B for mental health had a sunset clause. And that was... That's coming up this year, and that was a three-eighths percent 
sales tax. So that is going away. So that well, is, Karen? Yes, it's not going if I away. could interrupt. It's not going away? Measure B was a four eighths. Oh, four eighths. Oh, okay. I thought it was sales tax. All but right. it's going down from four eighths to one eighth. Okay, that's where I got it wrong. Okay, got it. Okay. So it's going down. So technically, unless something else would happen and get voted on, the sales tax for Mendocino County would be going down by three eighths, correct? Correct. Okay, now we're on the right. right Now we're on the same page. All right. So the friends of the libraries have gotten together and they've got a petition going around that I think is going to get on the ballot, or has it already been? I think they have to have to get the signature by a certain time. They've got a lot of community input, a lot of community backing them that they want to try to capture one eighth of that sales tax that is going away. And right. So measure A. That, which was the original was one eighth right and it's go they want to go up to one fourth which is an additional one eighth yeah let's just do it on the eighth for, yes. for capital improvements okay for capital improvements and they've been circulating this petition for months and they've the the group that are doing this and this is this is a tax that is just for the library system so that would require two-thirds of a vote anytime you have a designated tax that's not just going into the general fund it does require more votes uh, but then you know where that money is going so the discussion has been do we let that other two-eighths go back to the people not have a sales tax or do we add another proposal and capture that money that had already been being paid in sales tax to put somewhere else okay so now we come to the whole proposal of fire and water so john there's been major discussion about and it kind of got again dropped I'm concerned about it all, but I'm in favor of getting more money to our fire departments and our EMS services. So, all right, catch me up from your side of it. You've been in the nitty gritty of this and working behind the scenes on this. So uh, that's the issue, folks. Are we going to go for a sales tax that's going to help fire? Are we going to go for a sales tax that helps fire and water? Um, Yeah. Jump in. Well, I think your analysis was right on. <laughs> Jump in. I mean, seriously. Um, yeah. I mean, I would hate to see that the extra. I mean, we're already we're already paying the sales tax. Okay, that spreads the tax out over a large base. I have property in Yorkville, so I pay a fire tax to my local CSD, which is great. I I do that willingly because they come protect my property if I need it. Um, but I'm only, I'm a property owner. So that means the tax just hits property owners. When you do a sales tax, it seems to me it, it's a broader base for taxing and you capture a lot of the tra- uh, tourist traffic coming through buying things. So, all right, there you go, John. Go for it. All right. So right now we're paying between the measure B, four eighths, and measure A, which is a library fund. One eighth, we're paying five eighths for that those kind of county taxes. Correct. Five eighths of a cent. Got it. And so, so with the 
let's see, measure A going from an eighth to an eighth of quarter or two eighths, you know, that would increase to two eighths. And then we have a continuation of one eighth for measure B. And so if we added three eighths for the fire and water, which was proposed, then that would have been an increase to this um, sales tax overall. Overall. And, you know, just the feedback I was getting is that, hey, it's a regressive tax. And even though it might hit some people from out of county, but it is a regressive tax. And that in these times of inflation, of gas prices, of housing going through the roof, that um, people just, it would be a very hard sell to increase that overall tax. So what I'd proposed last time was a quarter cent tax. And then um, that got shot down or we didn't make a commitment to it at the last meeting. So today or yesterday, I um, proposed an eighth of a cent just dedicated to fire. And the reasoning was, is that we all know that, you know, our fire departments can use more help. You know, we have emergency services that need extra help too. So if we could just dedicate that to, to those fire departments, but we don't have a real needs assessment done for what the actual needs are. We just know that, hey, maybe there's a need for more money out there. But how does it really work out? And, you know, what is the difference between what you're paying in Anderson Valley in that community service district versus what they're paying in Laytonville or Wallala? You know, and so let's do an analysis of how it lays out overall and then come up with a comprehensive approach and, you know, maybe the fire districts and ambulance services certainly need money, but so do, you know, there's other approaches to a comprehensive um, a fire safety in our communities. So it could be, you know, home hardening, it could be um, healthy forest, it could be, you know, clearing and um, chipping and all those kind of things that, you know, the fire safe councils do. And so maybe, you know, some of this money could be put towards some of those programs too. And so that's, that's why I was saving an eighth for kind of that kind of approach where we, with, it's a little more informed. It's not just, okay, we got to do something. So let's spend some money and um, throw on a tax. And so that was kind of the idea behind just doing an eighth and saying, we're going to dedicate it to the fire districts and then let's figure out the other parts. And the water is, is kind of problematic. I've been working with Supervisor McGordy on the water drought task force. And so, you know, we certainly have a lot of needs in our county for water, you know, and I don't care if you're on the coast or inland, you know, north or south, whatever, we have needs. And so we've been working on it. Within this last year, we got $23 million in grants brought into the county. Um, and so, you know, certainly this is a time that's ripe for getting some of these grants. But, you know, what I'm hearing is that a water agency or just getting money for water projects wouldn't fly. And um, 
And so that was my proposal was an eighth. Where the board ended up was going for a quarter cent tax and using 90%, like you said earlier, towards the water districts and 10% towards, um, you know, maybe the Mendocino County Fire Safe Council and some of those programs that are doing like um, fire prevention kind of activities, home hardening, you know, clearing, all that fuel reduction projects, healthy forest. So, so with that approach, if we keep on that, then we would have, it would be neutral. There would be no um, general or no sales tax increase from what we've been paying. Okay. So, okay. And I, so when you were talking with, with the community, and I know that Dan Journey was very much uh, on this too, that if there was a tax, first off, if we raise the tax beyond what we're already taxed now, by an eighth if they do the three eighths for the water and the fire that the the general population of mendocino county is not probably going to vote to increase overall the sales tax did you feel that if we kept the sales tax as what it is now and just shifted where it went okay that that would pass you know i i think there are issues with this this sales tax period and so i'm concerned just period you think there's issues with it yeah okay yeah, because right. you know it's being sold as a general sales tax with this commitment to to spending it a certain way but i think people really want to know that it's dedicated like the library tax would be dedicated towards the libraries oh yeah no and i get that because i'm i am much more inclined to vote for a sales tax if it's designated i don't care that it takes uh, two-thirds i want to know that that's where that's going i mean i think that's a great way to do our taxes in a way because it's dedicated to that specific purpose but what i'm concerned about is we the tax rate will go down unless a one or, or more of these sales tax measures pass in november so do you feel like it's important for people that the sales tax goes down or they just like to see it stay the same, not raise, and they're willing to shift the money to some designated funds. I guess that's what I'm trying to get a, uh, a hit on here. I think it. My my um, feeling is that a designated additional eight eighth of, of a percent for the library will pass. I think that will pass. Um, but when if you don't raise the tax more than what we're paying now, do you think we can get this shifted to fire? I mean, seriously. Or do people really want the sales tax to go down? You know, I don't know. And that's why we have an election. Right? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I guess I was willing to go forward with this and give it to the people, you know, let them decide. But I, I certainly couldn't have gone for an increase. Yeah, I think that's a harder one to do. So a, a lot of the discussion has been if the county, the Board of Supervisors, decide to put a measure on the ballot on, in, it'd be in September, um, or November, excuse me, uh, whether they do a combined water and fire, okay, it looks like that's not going to happen. But a lot of the discussion was, no, 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 we don't want to finance a 
water department. The biggest resistance came from Dan Jurdy, and so it ended up that that didn't go forward with water and fire to have a water uh, agency. My concern, and I don't know if this is, if you find other money to, um, you know, somewhere else in the budget to finance a water agency, my concern is that we're not redoing what we did as a county in 1956-57 when we decided, oh, well, let Sonoma County have Lake Mendocino, (laughs) okay? I'm really concerned that there isn't funding on the table. Yeah, we're trying to find it. Yeah, we're talking about doing it, but we have no water agency and we have no coordinated effort to deal with water in Mendocino County, and the situation doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. Are we well, are we missing a really opportune time to deal with future issues? I guess that's the bottom line. Yeah, and that's a point well taken. What we did with the budget was, in the budget hearings, we put in $250,000 extra dollars for a, standing up a water agency of some sort. And we still don't even know what that's going to look like exactly. But we've committed that extra 150. The a water agency in in Mendocino County already gets about 190 thousand dollars, and so this would provide. And some of it is going to different projects like our commitment to the Potter Valley project and some of those um, issues that are out there. So what we're figuring is we'd have about $350,000 to stand up this water agency. And so what we need to figure out is, are we going to fund it for the short term and look for some of the quick money, you know, make, you know, those grants out there that are immediately available, or are we looking for a long-term approach? And, um, and so do we get someone in there who might not be as, Um, you know, the $200,000 salary, but we get someone who can be trained and learn the ropes and has that kind of technical experience, um, but might not know the, all the connections in Sacramento. And so it's, it's that kind of um, question we have to really look at, how are we going to do this water agency? But I think there's no question that we do have serious water needs in this county. We have climate change. And so where are we going? You know, I think it was brought up several times in the meeting yesterday about where are we going with the drought? Is it going to be a three-year drought or is it going to be a 30-year drought? Or, you know, and so, so we got to be prepared for it. And, and I think that uh, what Supervisor McGordy and I have done has been laying some of the groundwork for it. But I don't think that the county was ready to just start um, funding, you know, doing a sales tax for this kind of nebulous water agency at this point. Good points. I agree with that. I think that's probably true. We, yeah, we just don't have the infrastructure or the, even the idea, the, yeah, the layout of how this type of an agency would work and all that. I'm going to, I'm going to open up the phone lines because I want to let the listeners get some questions in or some concerns. Um, that number is 707-895-2448. Uh, 
I know I don't have much time left, so please keep your questions concise because we want to try to get some dialogue going back and forth on this because, um, I mean, fire emergency services are big in the county. It affects every one of us in every way, and there's we just got to find the money to do it. Gosh, John, the phones are ringing. Are we ready? Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Take a deep breath. All right, we're, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Here we go. Good morning. You're on the you're on the air. What's your what's your comment or concern? Well, um, I I really appreciate uh, what Supervisor Hashcheck did yesterday. Um, you know, taxes uh, should be paid uh, by the people who benefit the most from uh, those taxes being uh, collected and. Uh, Sales taxes are extremely regressive, um, and the issues that the board wrestled with yesterday in terms of uh, putting a sales tax on to fund uh, water uh, districts um, would would just be the height of uh, uh, obscenity in terms of asking all the uh, Consumers, particularly, we know that sales taxes fall hardest on the shoulders of people of color, of low-income people, and and elderly people on fixed incomes. And yet, who are going to be the principal beneficiaries? A relatively small group of uh, water users on the Russian River who want to acquire uh, Eel River water that currently is is owned by PG&E. I have a question. And they want Wait a minute. All of us to fund it. Let me jump in. They want how all do you, of us to fund that? How do you feel about the fire side of it? I got you on the water side, but how do you feel about on the fire side to, to fund our fire, our safety, our emergency services? Is that more reasonable? Well, that's a good question. Is that more reasonable? No, it's not. It's okay. not. All it's right. not any more reasonable. It's not any more reasonable because when you look at where those fire dis first of all as Supervisor Haschek pointed out, you haven't had a, a, a quantifiable and reasonable, well-done needs assessment to determine where the actual needs are. You haven't made any determination whether or not the sales taxes proposed would have any significant impact on remediating that. And finally, more importantly, we know that uh, in many cases, the costs of these districts um, is going to a relatively small number of people who frankly, uh, are living at the end of the longest driveway. Um, and if they live there, they have to reasonably expect that either they're going to have to pay a huge premium through their property taxes to get those services that they want in terms of fire safety or move to an urban area where um, those costs can be spread over a larger number of people. All right. Thanks so for the call. I and everybody is just wrong. All right, let me get let me get another caller in. Um, interesting. All right, John, we're going to get another caller in so we get some more feedback here. Okay. Yeah, yeah I appreciate those remarks. Yeah. From the last call. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Are you with me? Hello. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, my question is: There used to be a water agency in Mendocino County in the 1990s. What happened to it? And thank you very much for your work, Supervisor Hathchat. All right, that's I'll a good question. John, there was a water agency. It went away. Yeah, so my understanding was in the Great Recession, 
2007, 2008. That's right. They had to consolidate things in the county, and so they moved what was remaining of the water agency over to the Department of Transportation. And since then, it's really been a two-person show, not even a full-time, not even two FTE, full-time equivalents, but really Howard DeShiel and Amber Fassett over there in the Department of Transportation doing the best they can but um, you know, it's it's just part of their whole portfolio. Okay, um, let's see if we can get another caller on so we can get more feedback. Um, good morning, caller. You're on the air with us. I hope. Yes. Good morning. Thank you, uh, Supervisor Hashtag. There's another way to raise money through the county service area CSA in Mendocino County um, with property owners uh, voting whether or not to assess themselves. Could you talk a little bit about that, please? Thank you. Okay, we'll take it out the air. All right, go for it, John. Well, thank you, caller. That's something that we've worked on um, quite a bit for the last few years, and certainly with the Sherwood Firewise Council, I've worked with um, setting up these county service area three is what they're called, where you assess a certain area that's getting the, it's called the zone of benefit. So a certain area, if you wanna say, we wanna do a emergency access route, and we need to maintain it, then the people in that area who will benefit from that extra security and and the work done would pay would do a vote on that assessment. Okay. And so we've been working with um, the area, the Sherwood corridor area up and out of Willits and um, and it was moving along until LAFCO um, had to take a look at it and um, slowed the process down, but hopefully we'll keep moving on that. And so, you know, we could do that in other areas of the county too. If there's a specific need for an area, then you can say, okay, who will benefit from that? And, you know, what is the cost? And then split that benefit up amongst the, the residents of that area. So, so John, you know, I, just, I actually propose that for the parks because our yes, parks are totally exactly. underfunded. And yeah. why don't we have some of those a CSA three, you know, zone of benefit for some of the park areas? Um, yeah, that's 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 really a good idea too. Those are good ideas, and I had a thought and I lost it. <laughs> but senior mom, hey, yeah, now we're all getting old. Uh, I'm going to get another caller on because they'll save us here. Good morning, Good caller. Morning, caller. Yeah, turn your radio down, and you are on the air. Once you get your radio down. Okay, how's that? That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay, am, am I on now? You are on now. Uh, okay, I I just want to uh, thank Supervisor Hashek for his work, and I just want to agree with you, Karen, that I don't. I don't mind taxes, but I want to know exactly what they're for. And the thing that upsets me most about all of this is that, as the first caller said, there hasn't been a needs assessment, and so it's not clear exactly where the money would be most use- usefully used. And the other is I think there's a little bit of subterfuge growing going on, especially on the water side of things. In order to only require 50% plus one of the vote, the supervisors don't want to say what the projects are for, and yet it's clear that there are very specific projects in mind. So I, uh, 
like I say, I don't, I, I don't oppose taxes, but I think the supervisors need to do a lot more work on needs assessment in both the fire and the water areas so that the pub- public knows exactly where their taxes are going. And I think the supervisors can't really do, accomplish that and engage the public sufficiently and, and get this thing moved forward to be on the ballot by August. I think they just ought to work on it for the next, um, the next election cycle. All right. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Um, that's what I was going to say. Needs assessment for these fire districts and what's going on. John, I believe when we had the requests for the PG&E money last year and all of that, I saw a lot of these fire departments and these CSD districts coming in with pretty good substantial lists of their needs assessments, or at least a beginning. Is that is that something that would fulfill that? I mean... Well, they were um, needs that were like a fire truck or okay, right. you know, ambulance or whatever it was, but it wasn't a real needs assessment for operational cost and all that. All right. I think the last caller was right on. All right. So I got to cut out of here because we're coming up against the hour. John Haschak, thank you so much for coming on. Keep up the good work and I'll keep watching. <laughs> hey, thank you, Karen, and everyone out there. I really appreciate it. Thanks, John. Thanks so much. Have a great day. I will. Thanks so much. All right, folks. Thanks for calling in. Stay tuned. I will be back with you in two weeks. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we will be broadcasting the January 6th uh, hearings. Tune in if that's your thing. January 6th uh, hearings. Tune in if that's your thing. Otherwise, stay cool. It's going to be the hottest day of the week. Stay hydrated, stay cool, and I will be back with you. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.